Here comes Boston on the run. Here's Crawford on the drive. Scores it. Again, that Boston quickness running the floor. Terry with the miss. But there's Bradley making jumpers, playing defense, and now offensive rebounding. Avery Bradley is a defender, but you're not expecting him to score 22 points, I'm sure. No, not at all. But, uh, you know, that's what he's been doing for this team. He's spotting up, making the open shots. He's running their team. He's playing great. It's the Celtics beat with Ty Reddy. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. Ty Ray on board for the Celtics beat on this Sunday. I'll be joined in a minute by my co-host, Rich Conti. Too bad we don't have anything to discuss on this Fourth of July holiday weekend. Brad Stevens named the 17th head coach in Boston Celtics history. The 36-year-old was named head coach on Friday, formally at a news conference. Uh, the surprise announcement came Wednesday, completely out of the blue, out of the blue to everybody, but Danny Ainge and Wick Grosbeck, and this was much-needed news for all of us in Celtic Nation, such a dark cloud hanging over all of us after the KG-Paul Pierce trade to the Nets, and of course Doc Rivers bolting, bolting for Los Angeles. Now, let's make no mistake about this. He left the team, and Wick Grosbeck even said such today uh, in the Boston Herald that Doc left us, period. That's a quote from Celtics owner Wick Grosbeck. But today we're going to stay on the positive. Today we're going to talk about the new era in Celtics basketball, Brad Stevens, a man who led tiny, tiny Butler University to back-to-back NCAA Finals appearances, a man who has a winning percentage at the college level of 772. The guy almost seems too good to be true. We'll find that out. We'll find out if he's too good to be true. We're going to be visited today with uh, the presence of Zach Kiefer, who is the Butler Bulldogs beat writer for the Indianapolis Star. He will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. But let me go out to my co-host, Rich Conti on the Celtics beat. Rich I just need your initial impressions of the Stevens hire. I couldn't be happier, quite frankly, about what Danny Ainge has done with this move. Yeah, you said it at the top of the show. I mean, this has been uh, the most eventful uh, Celtics offseason in a while, and the news of uh, Stevens' hiring this week was really um, much needed. There was so much turmoil in you know the weeks leading up to the draft and just after the draft uh, with the uh, – the proposed trade between the Celtics and Nets that's really uh, should be finalized, um, you know, about a week from now. That um, you know, the news about Stevens really came out of the blue. Um, you know, I think Ainge uh, publicly had been downplaying, you know, any sense of urgency to uh, replace Doc Rivers, and so when the news of uh, Brad Stevens' hiring came down on uh, on Thursday, it was really a shock for everybody, and, um, you know, uh, I think once the, the shock started to wear off, I think um, the, you know, reception and the, the impression that most, uh, most folks have had in the media and, and from the fans I've talked to has been overwhelmingly positive. I think, um, you know, this was a clear case of, of Ainge and, and Grosbeck having a really strong vision uh, for the direction they wanted to go in the uh, post-Doc Rivers era. And I think, um, you know, most fans have, have taken it as a refreshing piece of news to see how decisively and, and single-mindedly they acted uh, with this hire. So, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people expected it. I think initially a lot of people uh, didn't know what to make of it other than, you know, Stephen certainly was a uh, hot name in, in NCAA circles for the job he's done at Butler. Um, but I think as, as people are starting to process it, um, it, it's hard to find any negatives. Six years, $22 million, the length of the contract the Celtics have given to Coach Stevens, and that tells me, Rich, that there's a plan in place. There's definitely a vision here that Danny Ainge and Wick Grosbeck has for this team with such a long contract in place for Stevens. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it was clear that, um, you know, with the hire, they were looking for somebody young, somebody that, that could grow, uh, you know, as this uh, franchise transitions into its next era. I think um, it's not surprising that Ainge went with somebody who um, is, um, you know, very um, – uh, reliant or um, you know on board with the idea of using uh, analytics in, in their approach to the game, um, and I think it isn't shouldn't be surprising that they really you know reached out to somebody um, who you know, has very strong character and seems to have values that are closely aligned with with Angel's values and vision for the franchise as well as Grosbeck. So you know it's it, it's hard to see you know where this. Um, you know, isn't a great fit. I, I think um, I think I saw on Twitter, um, you know, a unnamed uh, opposing GM make a comment that you know he'd be surprised that if Stevens, you know, played out or, or coached out, you know, the entire six years that he's potentially using, you know, this job as a stepping stone to maybe move into a higher profile uh, college job when when somebody like Mike Shashevsky is ready to hang up. But you know, it's it's. That just kind of comes across as as sour grapes or or, or nitpicking. I think um, you know, uh, given Stevens' age, given the um, the the cover uh, that that Grosbeck and and Ainge seems to have afforded him with a six year deal, and you know, given the fact that they were so like you said to so you know had such strong vision for the hire, um, you know, it's I, I think you know if if things go well, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him still here uh, six years from now and see us talking about an extension uh, of his contract. With the Stevens hire, inevitably we had the comparisons to Rick Pitino and John Calipari and. Lon Kruger, college coaches who made the move, high-profile college coaches who made the move to the NBA and who all were not very successful in their gigs. This one strikes me as different, Rich, because, one, management is right behind Brad Stevens. There is such a long contract in place, and a rebuild is expected. There aren't the high expectations to win right away like there were probably with Coach Patino and Coach Calipari. Not only that, Patino had control over the organization. Danny Ainge, make no mistake, has control over the Boston Celtics. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Ainge actually, um, there's a quote from him from the, the past couple of days, um, you know, comparing the situations and, you know, really talking about how, you know, Patino and, and Calipari's struggles or failures, if you will, weren't necessarily just, you know, failures of them as coaches, but ultimately they were organizational failures. Now you can look at that as a little bit of a dig um, at the, the, the um, element of control that, that each guy seemed to insist on having, um, you know, in, in, you know, to take the jobs with those organizations. Um, but I think it's um, more than anything instructive of the fact that uh, everybody needs to be pulling in the same direction. Um, and I think that's really the, the, the heart of Ainge's message. And, yeah, they're, they're different situations, but I also think they're, they're, you know, different human beings, different individuals involved. Um, you know, if, if you look at, you know, certainly Patino and Calipari's style, um, you know, very um, egocentric, and I don't necessarily mean that in the pejorative, um, you know, they enjoyed the limelight, they enjoyed being the face of what the franchise was, was you know, trying to do in, in their cases, um, and, uh, you know, I think their, their coaching and, and, and managerial style really, um, you know, was reflected in that. Um, Steven seems like a very different type of guy, just, you know, based on the press conference and based on, you know, second-hand information, seems to be a very low-key guy, not a lot of ego. I loved some of his comments in the press conference, um, you know, about, you know, recognizing the fact that it's a players league and, and needing to um, understand that if you're going to be successful. And, you know, he seems, you know, certainly, you know, guys like Calipari and, and Pino are eminently bright guys, but sometimes, um, you know, they, they maybe got a little bit too wrapped up in their own, um, in their own genius, if you will. Whereas, I, you know, I think, um, Steven seems to have that nice balance between, you know, the intellectual horsepower it takes to really succeed at that level 
and, you know, uh, a, a general low-key, you know, lack of ego um, that I think, you know, will, will serve him well. I think he's the type of guy that, that is going to go in not thinking he has it all figured out, but is going to work diligently and apply all of his, um, you know, resources, both organizationally and his own, you know, kind of resources as a, uh, you know, really bright individual to figuring out how to make it work. And, I, and I, you know, I've, that, that to me is um, probably the thing I like best about the hire. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Rich, because initially when people were making the comparisons to Calipari and Patino, I, I didn't see them. I, I just didn't see those comparisons at all because both Calipari and Patino, while wildly successful, I, I don't mean to, to be disrespectful to either one of those coaches. Well, maybe I do to Patino, especially for what he did in Boston. <laughs> but But having said that, Coach Stevens is so not an egomaniac like those two coaches. And I do think he's going to reach out to people, and he's not going to assume he has all the answers. What I like about him so much, he's such a student of the game. And I read a story today uh, online where he read Billy Bean's Moneyball, that book Moneyball about the Oakland A's. And I'm a huge Oakland A's fan. And, of course, the A's, if you're not familiar with the story, so strapped for cash uh, over the years that they've had to use statistical analytics to be competitive and field teams. And Billy Bean, the general manager of Oakland, has been quite successful. And looking at Butler, he was trying, meaning Coach Stevens was trying to do the same thing, be somewhat cost-effective with the way that Butler did things. And we can get into that with our next guest. Let's go out now to Zach Kiefer, the Indianapolis star beat writer for Butler University basketball. And Zach, thank you for joining us today on the Celtics Beat I got to tell you, Zach, is Brad Stevens this nice a guy? Is it is he this too good to be true? He is, um, and I'm not blowing any smoke. He really is as nice and as genuine of a guy as you guys have seen in the first few days. I'm sure you guys saw that, you know, on Friday he was introduced in Boston, and, and then he said he had to be back in the Midwest for a commitment. The commitment, it turns out, was a promise he made to Matt Howard's father a year ago. Matt Howard is a former player at Butler, and, and he had asked Brad to join him at the Connersville Bicentennial Parade. And Steven said, this is the first time you've asked me for anything. Of course I'll do it. He assumed, Matt Howard's dad assumed that Brad wouldn't be able to make it, um, you know, with everything that's happened this week. But there he was Saturday back in Connersville signing autographs, you know, after the busiest week in his life, you know, he kept his promise. Um, and this is not something Brad, you know, told a lot of people about it it just speaks volumes about the kind of guy he is it's just an absolutely incredible story you're sharing with us that he's able to make time obviously during the biggest moment i would think uh, of his life being named the 17th head coach of the boston celtic and yet celtics and yet he keeps this kind of commitment you've gotten to know him what's he like what, what is he like personally zach well, I, I don't think I'm any, you know, breaking any news here. He's a very, very, very smart guy. Uh, he puts a huge, huge emphasis on analytics, and uh, we'll see that over the coming weeks, you know, as he assembles his staff further. Um, I've heard a couple things about bringing on Drew Cannon, who was an analytics guy at Butler, the only analytics guy in college basketball. Um, obviously, there's more of it at the professional level, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Drew made that jump. Um, Brad is a basketball nut. I mean, we're talking about Friday, the day he's announced officially, you know, the day the press conferences in Boston to announce him as the head coach, he was up that morning watching film, getting to know his new team. You know, he is just, he is just crazy driven. He watches film countless hours. Um, and he's a great, great people person. And I'm not just saying that, um, but you, you can't find a bad thing about him. You can't find a bad, a person to say a bad thing about him, and that's former players, former coaches, coaches in the, in, you know, in the state that recruit against him. He really is the 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 whole package, and I think Boston, you know, really nailed this hire. Now, Zach, prior to maybe you heard me, maybe you were on the line and heard me, but I had mentioned the fact that Stevens read Moneyball, the Billy Bean book about the Oakland A's and how they use cost-effective ways to mm -hmm. get wins, and he is going to bring that to Boston, I assume, that same kind of philosophy you were mentioning Drew Cannon earlier. Yeah, um, it's probably just conjecture at this point. 
But um, that's not a surprise at all that he read that book. He's very smart, and, and not just with basketball, but with all kinds of those kinds of things. You know, he's he's analytical in that sense, and, and that's what makes him different. Um, and, and, I mean, you look at the future. You know, Boston trade away their two mainstays, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and, and they're going to rebuild around Rondo, it looks like, and they've got, what, nine draft picks in the next couple of years. Um, you got to believe that, that Brad is going to be, you know, heavily – relied upon for his insights um, for who these college kids are that they're going to bring in and, and what kind of role they're going to play in the professional level. We're visiting with Zach Kiefer, Butler beat writer for the Indianapolis Star. And, Rich, feel free to chime in here. Rich, you had mentioned that you saw a tweet from uh, a general manager of some NBA team that said that Stevens may be using this gig to go to a bigger college gig. Is that what you said, Rich? Yeah, I think commenting on the uh, the six-year length of the deal, I think the, 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 the tweet was that the opposing GM said that he'd be surprised if, um, you know, Stevens you know, coached out the, the, the term of that contract and that he was, I think, um, kind of paraphrasing that he was timing it just right for the retirement of, of, of guys like Roy Williams or, or Mike Krzyzewski, you know, kind of intimating that, you know, Stevens might be, you know, using this, this job as a, as a stepping stone. And, you know, like I said, it, it came across to me as kind of, you know, sour grapes, uh, you know, stirring the pot a little bit. But, um, you know, it, I think the, the length of the deal surprised a lot of people. So I'd be curious, you know, to kind of, you know, get Zach's impression of, of that uh, quote. I don't buy it at all. Uh, and it's just cause that's just Brad. He just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, nobody broke this story, which is another interesting part of just the Butler dynamic. I mean, I sat down with him an hour for an hour on Monday, and we talked basketball. We talked all kinds of things, and I didn't have a clue about this, you know. <laughs> um, so when the bomb dropped on Wednesday afternoon, I got the email, and I said to myself, this makes sense because he's not leaving to coach the Orlando Magic or the Charlotte Bobcats, but the Celtics are different. You know, he grew up in Indiana in the 80s and 90s when Larry Bird was, was, the, was the guy, you know, and then everyone from Indiana knows, you know, Larry Bird and, and rooted like crazy for him when he was in Boston. So, you know, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he could have had just about any college job he wanted. I mean, he had, um, he had Illinois last year calling him. UCLA this year calling him, and he turned them both down. Um, and who knows how many other schools called him, you know, and, and it just never got reported because Brad never talked about it. But um, I think he's absolutely 100% in with the Celtics, and I think he loves the challenge in front of him. He loves taking over this young team that, that nobody really expects a lot from in the next couple of years. Um, and I think he loves the grind. You know, he's going from a 30-game college season to an 82-game season in the NBA plus the playoffs. He's a basketball guy. He loves it. Um, and I don't think he was trying to parlay this into a different college job at all in the next few years. Yeah, Zach, I was going to say I'd heard the whole story once Ben Howland stepped down or was canned at UCLA, rather, that Stevens would be the next in line to go to Westwood, and that didn't happen. So I can't imagine – I mean, I know there are bigger gigs right now than UCLA. UCLA has certainly faced down times, but yeah. I can't see him wanting another gig. I mean, Boston Celtics, this is one of the most storied franchise, not just in the NBA, but in sports. So this yeah. has got to be – I mean, this is a stopping point for him if he's successful, I would think. Yeah, absolutely, and he knows that. He knows that as well as anybody. You know, it's it's not just another NBA team. It's the Celtics. I mean, and and that's why it makes sense from my end. You know, there were reports that he was out in L.A. in the spring, you know, meeting with UCLA, UCLA officials. I talked to Brad about that, and he said, I couldn't believe when I read that. He said, I was looking at three feet of snow in my backyard in Zionsville, Indiana. <laughs> so a lot of that got blown out of proportion um, from that end. I don't even think he really considered UCLA seriously. Um, you know, a lot of talk over the last couple of years with, you know, the, the logical next step from him in the college ranks, at least, was Duke, you know, and we don't know how many more years Coach K has left. I think personally Duke would hire from within. They've had a number of great assistants come through and work under Coach K, um, but the small school setting um, just kind of seemed like it fit with Bradwell. But, you know, like they said this week, you know, the best part about this is they don't have to throw away their Butler gear. You know, they don't have to root for another college. They can still root like crazy for Butler and um, and obviously root like crazy for the Celtics. 
You know, Rich and I, off um, before the show, we were talking about Rondo, Rajon Rondo, and what his relationship could be with Coach Stevens. Has there been a case, Zach, where Coach Stevens has had to deal with somebody moody on the Butler team? And if so, how did he deal with that? You know, I've been asked that question a couple of times this week, and, and there's no answer because it's never happened. And here's why. They don't recruit those kind of guys. Right. And, and, and a lot of coaches will say that. You know, they'll say they recruit high-character guys, but Butler actually does not. I mean, they, they recruit a very, very small net of players, and they offer a very, very small net of players compared to the other, you know, the big schools that just brought offers you know, right and left. And, and they don't offer kids until they're after their sophomore year of, of high school. You know, and you hear a lot about coaches going after kids as freshmen and sophomores. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, Butler's very selective, and it reflects in the kids they have. And I'm not just saying this. I've covered several college basketball teams over the last couple of years. Butler kids are really, really smart. They're really well-spoken, and they're, they're very polite kids. They, they recruit a high-character kid, and he's never had an issue with them because of that. I mean, he's really... Um, he's never had one, and that's what's so interesting about Rondo is you hear all this stuff, and and you guys probably know you know ten times more about Rondo in terms of in terms of that stuff than I do. But um, Brad's a guy that, that that demands respect, and um, it's hard not to respect him. I just can't see him not developing a good relationship with Rondo, um, just because of how well he's handled so many different situations before. I mean, he's just um, he's a great communicator, and I I just feel like he'll find a way to reach Rondo to where it just benefits the Celtics and it benefits Rajon Rondo. Right, and I know that Coach Stevens has already said that he respects Rondo's intellect as a basketball player, and they've spoken already, and he can't wait to work with him. Now, I know he has to say those things right now, but the one thing about Brad Stevens that I get, it's just not talk. There's such a sincerity that comes from Brad Stevens when he speaks. Yeah. Absolutely, it's 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 no BS. I can promise you that he he really is just a unique guy. And that was a lot of talk around here. Was you know they they hired obviously Brandon Miller yesterday to fill in, and they kept the the Butler way of just promoting an assistant to the head coaching job. But boy, he's got some big shoes to fill. You know, Brad is competing in a state. At least he was. You know, with with Indiana on the rise, and Purdue's been solid, and Notre Dame and. Kentucky's right down the, you know, right down I-65. So he was competing in this crazy basketball state, and he did what he did. You know, that's a that's a big um, accomplishment in terms of how much competition he's got around here. So my point is basically that he he's he's a huge unique character to have. I mean, he really covers up a lot of weaknesses on a basketball team. Um, and whoever comes in, you know, Brandon Miller's got some huge shoes to fill at Butler because Brad just did so many things differently and so many things well. Two players have come out of Stevens' program and played in the NBA, and one quite successfully, Gordon Hayward, the other being Shelvin Mack, who's had a cup Correct. of coffee with the Wizards and the Hawks last year, and he actually yeah. played for the Celtics D-League team, the main Red Claws. Their games have transferred pretty well into the pro game, especially Hayward's, and I, I can see him rubbing off on this team. I, I can totally see Stevens rubbing off on this team. And, and I like Hayward's game in Utah. I, I really do. Um, what's impressed you most about those two players and how they've been able to take what Coach Stevens has taught them and bring them to the pro game? The Gordon Hayward story is, is unbelievable. I mean, he was a better high school tennis player than he was a basketball player. <laughs> he was hardly recruited. and um, And obviously he was, you know, he was uh, Stephen's second big commitment, the first being Matt Howard, um, who turned out to be pretty good as well. And I mean, you just look at you look at Hayward with his with his baby face, and he went out to Utah, and um, he's going to be a free agent next summer, I believe. And um, Utah's going to have to pay him big money to keep him because he's you know he's a star on the rise. And and, and moving over to Mac, you know, I watched him in the Pacers playoff series against the Hawks, and he's just got an NBA body. You know, he's got that prototypical mold and. Um, the thing about Brad that, that translates to the NBA game is just his wealth of knowledge of the game. And, and he wasn't just saying those things about Rondo. You could tell that he's watched the tape and he sees Rondo's court vision and stuff like that really excites him because he's never had a player as talented as Rondo, obviously, on his basketball team. 
You're listening to the Celtics Beat with Ty Ray and Rich Conti. We're visiting with Zach Kiefer, Butler beat writer for the Indianapolis Star, who's been kind enough to join us on this Sunday. And Rich, did you have anything you wanted to ask Zach before we let him go? Yeah, Zach, kind of in the interest of giving folks maybe a little bit sharper vision of kind of who Brad Stevens is as a coach, you know, different coaches, particularly high-profile coaches, kind of have different styles. You know, you have some some guys whose strengths are really as, as a leader, a guy like Phil Jackson, a guy like Greg Popovich, a guy like, you know, Doc Rivers. You know, other coaches, their, their strength is kind of as a teacher. You know, I'm thinking of guys like, like Larry Brown. Um, and others are kind of, you know, in the mold of being a really, like, efficient and effective kind of managerial type. Kind of how would you peg Stevens kind of, uh, you know, across that spectrum? Yeah, that's a good question, and, um, you know, we'll find that out as the season progresses. You know, everyone knows Brad's sideline demeanor is is very calm and collected. He's an X's and O's guy. He's not going to yell a lot. Um, the the things, the trait that I found most impressive about the Butler teams that overachieved in the tournament a couple of years is the, is the way they grind out games. And I think we'll see this with the Celtics, you know, especially the first couple of years when they're – you know, they're undermatched. I mean, they're not going to have the talent that, that the opposition is going to have. You know, Butler would just play a style of basketball that the other team grew to hate. And by the end, by the late in the second half, they just they said, the heck with it. They, they, you could just tell. They just couldn't get in their offensive sets because Butler's defense was so suffocating. It just wore them down to the point where they hated playing basketball. And if you look at a lot of those teams that Butler beat along the way, had infinitely more talent. But Butler controlled the game through their defense, and, and they won. I mean, Butler just slowed it down. It was an ugly 52-48 to 48 or 61-52 to 52 game, but that's how Butler won. And I think that's what's going to be like in the pros. I think a good comparison is Tom Thibodeau in, in Chicago. You know, look at those Bulls teams, even without Rose this year. I mean, they were right. tenacious and defensive-oriented, and they play, and that was their trade. And I think you'll see that with the Celtics. Um, you know, they're not going to have a superstar, but they're going to play that kind of style. And I think it could be effective. It's just going to take some time. Uh, it's funny you should say that, Zach, because that's been the trademark of the cage era, defense. It wasn't offense. It was defense, defense, defense. And, of course, you mentioned Coach Tibbs, who was an assistant under Doc Rivers uh, on Absolutely. the Boston bench. So this, now that you mentioned this style, it does make uh, a lot of sense to Stevens hire. Before I let you go, I, I, I've been hearing that, Stevens is just a wonderful communicator. And one thing that caught my attention is that I hear he is a terrific listener. I think Andy Katz said that on ESPN the other day, just a wonderful listener. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's incredible how impressive he is when you actually get to know him. And, and he, he's, he's very generous, he's very kind, but he can just talk basketball with you, just about anything. And, and we'll just get off the record and talk about different players, and he'll just offer honest opinions, and you just kind of walk away and you said. That guy is so smart, you know? He is so much smarter than me, and, and whatever he does, he's going to do well. He's just too good. He's just too good and too smart to not do well. Zach Kiefer, Butler beat writer for the Indianapolis Star. Thanks so much for spending time today on the Celtics beat and giving us all the information you have on new Boston Celtics head coach Brad Stevens. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Hey, take care. Have a great Sunday. Thanks, Zach. Well, I'll tell you, Rich, after visiting with Zach, I'm even more excited than when I came on the show. I, I, I was doing handstands. I was at my desk at work <laughs> at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time. And the great thing about this hire, what I found very, very amusing was we always find out about free agent signings, trades, new coaches getting hired and fired on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. This wasn't the case. You know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter all day. I have one of those, uh, you know, like uh, Hootsuite up on my desktop, which, you know, you get different streams from your various social media. And nothing was on there. But I got an email to my inbox. I mean, this was old-fashioned style, Rich. <laughs> an actual press release announcing a hire of an NBA head coach. And it just kind of suits the whole thing in a way, doesn't it? There's a very old-fashioned feel to all of this, and I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that, and I hope you share the enthusiasm as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. I had a smile on my face when Zach was talking about 
Uh, he was, you know, with Stevens, kind of, you know, the, I guess the day prior to the, the hiring and had no idea, you know, that something might be afoot. And that, like you said, that's just so refreshing to hear in, in this day and age where, you know, um, it's not just the 24-7 media cycle. It's, um, you know, the culture that's, that's been built up around it, you know, the culture of leaks and about, you know, information being spread to, you know, influence situations. And this was a case where, you know, honestly, on both sides, um, there was no agenda other than, you know, creating this this relationship and this, this partnership going forward that was going to be mutually beneficial. And, you know, I just, just love how it was handled, um, you know, without – any drama and without any, um, you know, any buildup and, and, you know, it was just a, you know, welcome change after the past, you know, gosh, month or so being a Celtics fan and having to deal with, you know, all this, um, you know, these situations, um, you know, finding their way into the news before they were resolved. Yeah. The last couple of weeks had been so draining, Rich. I agree. It was almost hard to turn on your computer, look at your smartphone for fear of what you would read about the Celtics. It was just so draining and everything was so negative. So to have this sunshine spread on the Celtics this week has been fantastic. You're listening to the Celtics Beat with Ty Ray and Rich Conti. When we come back, we'll look at Rajon Rondo. Can he coexist with Brad Stevens in Boston? Also, look at all the free agency news coming out this weekend. Will. Dwight Howard, make it in Houston. That and more when the Celtics beat continues. Hey, this is Mike Fay from Mike T. Just reminding you about all of the great stuff we have right here on clnsradio.com. Even though the Celtics may be in the offseason, our Celtics postgame show will be back in better than ever when the boys in green take the parquet again. And until then, stay with CLNS for outstanding coverage of the Red Sox and Paw Sox, plus we still have our outstanding weekly shows. Tuesday night at 7.30, it's the Boston Sports Connection, hosted by CLNS content manager Sean Backey. One hit away from perfect game, and he was dealing on Saturday. On Wednesday, Brian Langford brings you the evening score at 8. I always tell you, I'm not scared to go into it. I'll go completely into it. And tune in Thursday nights at 9 for NBA for Life with Pat and AWOL. The Pacers win games when they go inside to David West and Roy Hibbert. Don't forget you can call into our live shows at 347-215-7771. And if you miss the live broadcast, you can download us on iTunes. And there are even more awesome podcasts available. Check them all out on clnsradio.com. Hi, everyone. It's Ty Ray from King of the Court and the Celtics postgame show. clnsradio.com is rapidly expanding, and you can be a part of it all. Join the CLNS radio community today. Register as a CLNS member. When you join, you'll get your very own blog page and profile. And signing up is so easy, you can even use your Facebook page to do it. While you're at it, text CLNS fans to 22828 to join our eUpdates community. That's CLNS fans, one word, to 22828. And don't forget, you can always chat and become a part of the conversation on our message board. That's at clnsradio.com backslash forum. CLNS Radio is getting bigger and better every day, and we want you to be right there with us. Celticsblog.com. Blogging since 2004 and leading an outstanding team of contributors, Jeff Clark is the most distinguished Celtics blogger on the web. Celtics Blog features a team of journalists and locker room reporters that provide Celtics fans the most unique, thoughtful, and in-depth commentary online. There's a bunch of ways to interact with the number one community of Celtics fans, Friday fan posts, fan forums, and the most popular live game chat room. CLNS Radio is proud to be a content partner of Celtics Blog, and Celtics Blog simulcasts the CLNS Celtics postgame show following every single Celtics game. And that's not all. CLNS and Celtics Blog join forces this season to bring you the Garden Report, the only HD postgame show shot live on the parquet floor at TD Garden. Check it all out today at CelticsBlog.com. This is Avery Bradley of the Boston Celtics, and you are listening to CLNS Radio. CLNSRadio.com, the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio.
Hi, and welcome back to Celtics Beat. Ty Ray and Rich Conti for, uh, with you rather on this 4th of July weekend. It's a Sunday. Celtics actually in action, the Summer League team in action as we speak. And Rich, I hear that Kelly Olenek is lighting it up already. Yeah, he had 17 points in the first half on uh, seven for eight shooting and a couple of threes. Um, you know, Celtics are in a uh, tight game with the Orlando Magic summer league entry about midway through the uh, the third quarter. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better about the, the, the selection of Kelly Olenek uh, every day now. I was a little, as you know, you and I talked off the air uh, about him several times, and um, I had uh, – some concerns mainly rooted, I, I guess, in in, in uh, past experience with the Celtics and uh, Michael Smith, who Linux, you know, reminded me a little bit of. Uh, uh, but uh, man, he, he's certainly uh, off to a good start here in summer league. Yeah, Michael Smith, man, there is a blast from the past, the name you don't hear very often anymore. Maybe we want to forget that name in uh, Celtic history. But I'm a huge fan of Kelly Olynyk, as you knew. Uh, no, I advocated him. Uh, boy, I think all uh, all. Uh, all season long is somebody that the Celtics should look at drafting, and they did, and I, and I couldn't be happier. I just think he's a kid that can stretch the floor. The other thing I like about him, Rich, is that he's a guy who's very humble, uh, comes from a basketball background. He checks his ego at the door. He redshirted his junior year of college to work on his game, and I'm all for guys that recognize that they have weaknesses and want to work on them. And I, I don't like young players who think they have the all all the answers. I like Having a little ego, not a lot of ego. And Kelly Olenek is a guy that's humble and who wanted to improve. And he has improved and became, what, the 13th pick overall in the draft. But moving away from the Summer League and Kelly Olenek at the moment, let's get back to the Celtics and the new head coach, Brad Stevens. And the issue that popped up immediately after Stevens was hired was, will he get along with Rondo? Will Rondo be traded right away? And Rich... I was one of the people immediately who said, well, this just cannot work. Rondo is not going to work with a young head coach. Rondo's got an ego. Speaking of egos, Rondo's got an ego, thinks he knows it all, and he's a very intelligent guy. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm knocking Rondo here. But Rondo also is a guy that can get moody, uh, exclude himself from the team. And I just wonder if that fits in with what Danny Ainge is trying to do with Brad Stevens, and I'm not so sure. Yeah, you know, I I think to some degree the um, the concerns around Rondo's attitude and, and his approach to the game are, are I think somewhat over exaggerated here in, in in Boston and and I think there's a tendency of the media and some of the opposing GMs to kind of fan those flames. I think if you step back and look at the situation um, and and compare Rondo to some you know uh, other high profile point guards, Rondo's played for one coach his entire career up to now. Stevens will be his second. Um, Bron, uh, Darren Williams is on his fifth or sixth, if I'm not mistaken, and Chris Paul is on his fourth or fifth, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, while Ronda certainly uh, can be strong-willed, uh, certainly ultra-competitive and certainly highly intelligent, you know, those are traits I think you do want in your point guard, especially. Um, you know, I think that there is baggage that sometimes comes along with traits like that, but, um, you know, I, I think I would rather have that than, than than a, than a guy who you know really you know can't mentally process what's going on around him, or you know um, has an agenda other than you know competing at the highest level. So you know while I think Rondo can be difficult to deal with at, at times, I think that difficulty comes from you know a set of attributes and strengths that he ultimately has, and it's really on on the coach um, as the, the manager of the team to really uh, work with and harness um, you know, those those strengths and, and mitigate those weaknesses. And, and Doc had a particular style for doing that that was based on, you know, the level of respect he had in the league and, and you know, among, um, you know, some of the other more experienced players on the team and his, his background as a player. Um, you know, Stevens is going to have to take a different approach to it. But, you know, honestly, to say that it will or won't work until, you know, the individuals actually meet and, and start trying to, figure out who each other is and how they relate to each other, I think is, is just you know premature and it's just speculation without a, a lot of basis. And, and by all accounts, Rich, I've heard they've spoken already and get along. And of course, they've got to say the right things uh, at this moment, but uh, I, I don't see why they can't coexist. I, I just have my reservations about it. I, I'm worried about control of the team 
if that makes sense. And Brad Stevens should have control of this team moving forward. And I don't want Rondo to, I don't know, disrespect that for lack of a better word. I want him to be on board with everything. And I would think with KG and Paul moving on that maybe Rondo would be uh, iffy about committing to the Boston Celtics organization, although this is his great opportunity. This is his opportunity to take the mantle from both uh, Garnett and Pearson moving this organization forward to the next generation. So I haven't had a chance really, Rich, to talk to you uh, on a show since the KG Pierce trade, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but I know I know the deal upset you greatly when it happened. Now that a couple of weeks has passed and you've had a chance to digest everything, how are you feeling about it today? Well, it's funny. You know, I think um... – in the media and, you know, even among, among fans, I think their the reaction has generally been, well, if you, you know, you don't, if you don't think this is a good trade, you're, you're being emotional and hanging on to the past. And, and you and I talk quite a bit about this. And, and right. Me, it was, was ne- never really the case. You know, sure, obviously, you know, appreciated all the years that, that Paul Pierce put into Boston, you know, loved the, the competitiveness and the fire and the passion and the, the discipline that, that Garnett brought to the game. And as, as a fan, you know, um, hate to see those things go. But for me, any, um, you know, assessment of, you know, whether the trade, um, you know, whether the move is the right one or the wrong one came more from, from a place of appreciation for some of the intangible things that contribute to winning um, that I think a lot of fans, um, you know, don't think about and think solely about, you know, things like, um, you know, talent and, and, and background of some of the players. And so for me it was a case of saying, well, yeah, I get that rationally if, um, you know, Pierce and Garnett aren't going to be around much longer, there's value in in getting assets for them, you know, before they retire. Completely understood that. And it wasn't a case of weighing that against any kind of emotional attachment to the players and what they had done in Boston. It was a more of a case of saying, hey, pump the brakes a little bit and and, and let's remember that um, even if it is for another year, um, you know the the ability to play alongside you know, guys like Pierce and Barnett uh, and Underdog Rivers um, has value to the future of the franchise in terms of the experience that it gives to the young emerging core of Rondo, Selinger, Bradley, Green, etc. And so for me, it was never a matter of you know not wanting to kind of accept a, a trade of those guys on an emotional basis. It was really saying, hey, let's not forget that we built something here and and that thing is real and, and you know as I've said to you a bunch of times in a lot of ways acquiring talent is actually the easy part in the NBA turning those that talent into winners is actually the hard part of of you know success in the NBA and I, I thought that gets, you know that got lost uh, in, in in discussion of, of you know whether it was the right thing to, to bring Garnett and Pierce back or, or to trade them now that said once the decisions made to, to you know that that those guys are going to move on, whether it's at their you know based on their desires, whether it's because without bringing Doc Rivers back, it, you know it, it impacts the situation, which I agree it did. I think that once the decision was made to to to, to move them, I think the deal and what they are getting back. Uh, aside from Gerald Wallace's ugly contract, I think it was a fantastic deal. I think Ainge did um, as well as could be expected or even really beyond what anybody could have expected in getting in return for those guys. And, and Rich, you and I talk an awful lot about culture. We stress that, especially to our young Celtics brothers and sisters, the importance of having a winning culture and the right culture in Boston. And that's why I'm so excited about the Stevens hires, because I think he'll maintain that kind of culture. And when Zach was talking about playing tenacious defense, and maybe it's ugly, but 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 just frustrating your opponent to no end, that to me sounds like almost the continuation of the KG era, if that's what Brad Stevens brings to the table. Absolutely, and, and I agree with you. The hiring of Stevens um, does impact my thinking on, you know, what the other moves this offseason. Um, I think given the situation and the way it unfolded and, and the um, the likelihood that a lot of this was pre- precipitated by Doc Rivers' desire to move on into a, you know, a more high-profile position with the Clippers. 
I think as Celtics fans, we couldn't have expected it to go any better than it has with what they got back for, for, for Doc Rivers, what they got in return for KG and Pierce, uh, and the hiring of Stevens has me, you know, overall kind of, you know, net positive for the offseason so far. There's still a lot of work to do, uh, to, to return the team to being, you know, a competitor, but I think they're in, um, as good of a position as we could have expected. And, Rich, we do have a caller on the line. I believe it's a Skype call, so there's no way of knowing where it's from. But let's go out to it. Uh, caller, you're on the air. You're on the Celtics beat with Rich Conti and Ty Ray. Hey, what's up? Uh, name's Elwood, and I'm calling from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, terrific. Hi, Elwood. And, hey, um, got a question for you. What do you guys think about winning the lottery like you guys did with the Celtics? Everybody here was just blown away. I mean, it's like they picked the one person that could save this team. And, uh, wow, as a Pacer fan and a Butler fan, I mean, it hit me pretty hard. But you guys got to be excited. I mean, this guy can turn the Celtics around. I mean, he uh, knows how to get the talent. He knows how to get rid of the dead weight. He knows how to organize people, uh, people follow him. He's a good PR man. And he's kind of like Tim Tebow in that when you listen to him, you're like, wow, I think <laughs> well, this guy has a moral backbone. Right. Yeah. Well, Elwood, it's funny you should say that because when we had Zach on the show earlier from the Indianapolis Star, I said, is this guy too good to be true? Nope. I, really? I, I mean that when I say that. He's like perfect. It, it's scary. Well, it's, uh, he uh, even peddled – there was a commercial for shoe arches here in town. He even was their spokesman. And, I mean, he made – and this place is like – I mean, it's like – you know, five hundred dollar foot. You know, I mean, it's a, to me, it's a ripoff. But he even made it seem legit because he was so honest. Which, by the way, they have a different spokesperson already. Because uh, you know, no uh, loyal Pacer fans going to buy arches off a of, uh, Celtics coach. So, <laughs> but um, it's, it's been rough for me to tell you the truth. But I cannot believe the Celtics. Because see, I had already wrote the Celtics off. I thought, hey, one more obstacle out of the way for my Pacers. But this right. guy's going to change your team. I mean, well, they I'll tell you, brilliant. you got to be excited. And, and, Elwood, and you, they keep you, saying he's too young. The man is 36. He's right. not 22. I wish they'd quit saying that. And they said he's not a proven coach. He's not a proven pro coach. Not, uh, not coach. a proven if, coach. If you take a team like Butler, who some little old lady in California probably never even knew existed, and put him on the <laughs> map and went back to – I mean, what he's done in college I think makes up for it. You know, it's like, oh, well, well, Bruce Arians, well, he, he's just a failure. No, he's not. Bruce Arians was a very good coach, and now he coaches a pro team. You right. know, I mean, I think sometimes people just need a shot. And, by the way, they said Bruce Arians was too old, so I guess there's no perfect yeah. age in this. And game. now he's head coach at uh, Arizona, Arizona, right? yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's similar, but Stevens is going to – you're going to be amazed at what – because they're already getting on him about cutting some people. And a few of my Celtics friends said, what do you think? I said, I said, if Brad Stevens needs to go – they need to go. You need to sit down, shut uh, up, and listen to this man because he's going to make your team relevant again. I mean, this is like Larry Bird finding a time machine and coming back for you guys. You know, well, it's going to be that much of a game changer. You're so ex- you're a Pacer fan and you're excited about the hire. Well, I so. love Brad Stevens and I love Butler. So you know, uh, I'm, right. it's like it's like seeing a buddy get on at GM or something. You know, yeah. yeah well, I guess it's a little bit of an Indiana analogy, but you know, it's like oh, you got to. No, I get it. I love Butler. I've, it's been really, really fun because in, if you're under 40, you've probably never seen a college basketball team become a megastar in your lifetime. And it's been really fun to watch Butler become a uh, just megastar. And my niece and nephew, are, they're twins, and um, they are seven. And they grew up as Butler fanatics, thinking Butler's the king of the world. They sleep with their Butler bulldog. You know, and it's been really fun watching them grow up being just enamored with Butler as if there was no other basketball team on their planet. You know, so it's and Brad Stevens, let me tell you something, this is how well the man's loved. My niece was kind of puzzling up one time and I said, What's wrong, sweetie? And she says, I'm sad. I'm a girl, which means I can never play basketball for Brad Stevens at Butler. <laughs> so I said, I said, I know you can't. She said, I want to play basketball at Butler. I said, Well, you know, that's no problem for a girl. Oh, that's right, they've got a girls' team, and she took off running. But, you know, that's how sad she was. You know, she wasn't going to be able to play for Brad Stevens, you know. And totally, I was like, yeah, okay. you know, wow. It's kind of like me growing up. I was going to play for Bobby Knight at IU. You know? oh. <laughs> are, are you glad you didn't? <laughs> well, 
Yes and no. I mean, yeah, Steve Alford was guy. like my big hero growing up. You know, like, oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, I, hey, I, I, I played baseball, so I turned up being a baseball player, so it turned out to be academic for college. But I'm just saying you guys – have got lucky. I just can't believe this. You know, it's he did a parade though yesterday in Converse because he had a, he said he had to honor a commitment and be well, in a parade. I saw that. that what a guy! And, uh, I, and it was interesting the reaction. I mean, he was waving and smiling, but he was kind of half, and everyone was kind of half. You know, eh, you know, because uh, I've heard a few people say Benedict. I mean, Brad. You know, you know, making a Benedict oh, that's Arnold reference. Fair. So. That's so not fair after so, all he's you know, done. And well, he left. He said, well, but you know, it's kind of like Peyton. We all thought Peyton would be here forever. You know, Peyton Manning Children's Hospital, Peyton this, Peyton that. I mean, this is, you know, the stadium, Peyton Belt, Peyton, 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 Peyton. You know, and then just up and go to Denver. You know, and it just kills you. And luckily, we lucked out on that one because we got a quarterback who I think is just as good as him. Oh, yeah. Isn't going to be uh, washed up in three years. Yeah. No, it, exactly. But you know, we're going through the same thing in Boston with Paul Pierce. We had to let him go. You know, it's the same thing. And yeah, but, and I don't. We're not. You know, it's just one of those deals. But you know, the one thing though that made me that helps all this is Larry Bird came back to the Pacers. That's right. But he did. That, you know, it's. It, I told somebody. I said this is like the best worst Christmas ever. I get Larry Bird back on my Pacers, but I lose Brad Stevens on my Butler. <laughs> You know, because yeah, Larry put that team together and was did. very pivotal. But luckily, it took a few years for what Larry did to wear off. And I'm hoping with Butler, when this new guy comes in, um, he can kind of keep what Brad did together for a while. And this guy used to play for Butler back in '03, so it's not like um, the the guy that got to replace him. You know, he studied under. Brad Stevens and played at Butler at one time, so I'm hoping he can kind of keep it together and keep the rebuilding going. But I'm not sure how because we all know how well that worked with Caldwell. You know, he's been hand trained uh, by Dungey. Oh, Jim Caldwell. You refer to Jim Caldwell stuff. when he coached the Colts, Jim right? And they went to and he lost hey. the Super Bowl to those hey. lousy Saints. I know. Oh, I'm still mad over Jim Caldwell. Oh. Now, if he rode the coattails of Jim Dungey and Peyton Manning, you know, that's, that's all he did. Because we did. You know, Bruce Arians took over. Things got better, and then when, yeah. when and, and 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 Chuck Pagano on his deathbed with cancer <laughs> did a better job than you know him there every day. And it was just frustrating. I, I need to get you together with my girlfriend, and you guys can do your own radio show. She's a huge Colts fan. But anyway, oh, Elwood, we ha- we have to go. We, we no have problem. to go. We're Enjoy your Brad problem. Stevens. Hey, your hey, days of mediocrity you. are over. You know, everyone get your little green shamrock shirts out of your attics and stuff. You can wear them again with pride. Brad Stevens is going to put you back on the map. You know, I, I've got a few Larry Bird Celtics jerseys. Nothing else, mind you. A little Pacer fan, but I may hey, have to get those follow us. Hey, I would hmm? follow us on CLNS Radio all year long if you really want to keep tabs on, on Brad Stevens. Oh, and I'm going to have to. I, I'm going to have to listen to your show more now. You know, I, I do right. listen to your show, but I mean, not a lot. I mean, face it, I'm a Pacer fanatic, but now that my boy hey. Brad's coaching you, it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we find you on Facebook or Twitter by chance? Yeah, you can find me. Okay, so Elwood. Hey, yeah, yeah hey. hit me up. Just go to Elwood1, the numeral one, and you'll see me. Uh, Old college baseball picture, you'll see me. But, yeah, hit me up. I'll try to add you. But it's uh, it, you guys lucked out, you know, it, it, although I think it may be the death of Butler. But who knows? Maybe they've built up enough. I don't know. I hate to write anybody off to you know for sure, so we'll see. Well, I, I think you left the program in good hands, so take care of yourself today too. on this Sunday. As a very, very sad Butler basketball fan, Rich. Uh, yeah, effusive in their praise uh, for for uh, Stevens, and you know clearly a lot of love for him in uh, Indianapolis. So that's good to hear. I thought one thing that was interesting, Elwood kept saying, was you know talking about bringing the Celtics back to, to relevance or putting them back on the map. And, you know, to me, the, 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 the most exciting part about the hire is I don't think he, they could have found anybody better suited to, to you know, preserve and bring forward the, the success that they've had in the most recent era. And, and to me, it's more of a case right. of, you know, finding that right guy to, to, to ease the transition rather than having a, you know, uh, be, somebody come in and be a savior and, and, and rescue a, a Irrelevant franchise, and, and well, he keeps him. Uh, Stevens isn't coming in with that kind of pressure. I, I enjoy that. What I like about it too, Rich, is it keeps the Celtics interesting, very interesting. And I think younger players, younger players, 
younger college basketball players who've gotten to know Butler respect Coach Stevens so much, and the NCAA coaches from Coach K to Roy Williams and others respect Coach Steve. They're going to want to play in Boston, I think. They're going to want to play in Boston because he has such a wonderful reputation. So with one big signing of a head coach, the Celtics stay relevant, interesting, and I think really set themselves up for a successful future. Yeah, I really hope so. I think that's going to be his biggest challenge um, moving forward is to develop that relationship with the players, not only, um, you know, with his you know, team and, and forging that strong relationship, particularly with a guy like, like Rondo, but, but just, you know, kind of creating that, that presence and that, that influence around the league. You know, that was really Doc Rivers' strength was, you know, the, the, the perception of him around the league. And hopefully, you know, Stevens is a very different guy, but hope he can build, hopefully he can build something like that going forward. You know, this is a different topic for a show, and I know Doc had a great reputation. His guys wanted to play with him because there was that survey taken. But really, what big-name free agent came to Boston? Rasheed Wallace? That was the only one I could think of during his entire entire tenure. Uh, and he was pursued by the Spurs at the time, and the Celtics won. I remember David West was the guy that I was really wanting on the team, and he decided to go to Indiana instead, but that's for a different show, like I said. We've got a few minutes left, Rich. I just wanted your impressions in the final minutes here on the Dwight Howard signing with the Rockets. Um, I would have to say I'm probably uh, like-minded with uh, Shaquille O'Neal and his recent comments. I think it's a a good place for Dwight, a nice, quiet, safe place for him to maybe uh, keep himself out of the spotlight if he can manage that. Um, he doesn't seem to react well with the, uh, the bright light shining on him. Um, you know, he's uh, never, to me, shown the type of leadership and character and accountability you need to really kind of lead a, 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 a franchise to success. Uh, you know, even in Orlando's best days, um, any adversity was was typically met with by uh, Howard finding somebody else to point a finger at, whether that be Stan Van Gundy or his teammates. And um, I, I would say that probably Kevin McHale and James Harden uh, should probably develop some uh, thicker skins than they probably already have, and or uh, watch out for knives in their back. Um, you know, and then there's the question. <laughs> right. of, is, is is Howard the same player he was three years ago? Um, you know, physically, certainly the the back surgery um, you know seemed to affect him last year. Whether it's going to continue to affect him going forward, who knows? But he doesn't look like the same type of explosive athlete he was his first five, six, seven years in the league. And you know, without that explosive athleticism, what is he? He's a you know. Uh, average size center. He's not even a seven footer. Um, who's a you know good help defender. Um, not a great one on one defender, and not a very skilled offensive player. So um, you know, I guess we'll we'll see what this means for for Houston uh, going forward. Um, you know, they've they certainly got some some work to do now. They're going to have to move Omer Ashik and find uh, some way to get a, a decent return for him, uh, as he and Howard clearly can't coexist on the same team. So. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised he ended up in Houston, and I guess um, we'll we'll see how it works out for the Rockets. And I guess the Lakers are just going to be a mess this year. I was looking at that roster. Who do they have? They, ugh, I mean, what a, you think the Celtics have it bad. The, the Lakers have it maybe even worse. Well, the best thing they can do at this point is clearly, you know, Howard moving on, um, you know, opens up cap space for them in the future. It doesn't do much for them in the short term. Um, so they're going to have to try to plug holes as best they can, get through this season, and then, you know, hope that they can reload in next year's big free agent class. You know, clearly uh, given, you know, who they are uh, and the bright lights of uh, Los Angeles, it, it wouldn't surprise anybody to see them make a, a big run at uh, LeBron James should he uh, opt out of his contract at the end of the year. Um, whether they're successful or not, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Rich, our hour is up, my friend. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the Celtics Beat. I appreciate it. Yeah, it always goes by too quickly, Ty. Yeah, a lot of fun today. I want to thank Zach Kiefer from the Indianapolis Star, who is the Butler Bulldogs beat writer. He gave us incredible insight to what Coach Brad Stevens is going to bring the Boston Celtics 
And that's going to do it for this Sunday and the Celtics beat. We thank you for tuning in. I'm going to go check out some Celtics basketball. Summer League is on the air, and I guess Kelly Olenek is lighting it up for the Boston Celtics against the Magic. So I'm going to go check that out. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Have a great Sunday. And until next time, have a great day.